0: It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best, Keith Stewart. What a Friday we have in store.
1: Good afternoon. It's time for the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning into ESPN 920. Well, I can't wait to tell you all today about the local talent taking center stage in golf this week. Our guest this afternoon is coming to us live from the 76 Women's U.S. Open in San Francisco for a full report. You can't stop this Friday freight train of fun. Let's roll, Wade. Here we go. The Pro Show on a fantastic Friday afternoon. I am pumped up this afternoon there, Mr. Wade Weezer. I love it. We have a local story of a young woman done extraordinary. It is unbelievable, but I'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about our interview this afternoon because we are going live to the left coast with a man by the name of Craig Annis and Craig is the chief brand officer of the USGA. He is the brand man there. And he is at the 76th Women's U.S. Open at the Olympic Club there in, once again, San Francisco. And he... I, he's been here before. You'll maybe remember him from December. when well, they had the, the Yep, the Women's U.S. Open was in Houston. And he wanted to come back, and he wanted to – he's a huge advocate for women's sports. And I'm sure – I'm, I'm going to try to get into that this afternoon with him. And uh, he's very passionate about it, and, and he and I are going to have a great conversation about that. And I'm really looking forward to that. And I know you are, too. But you know what else we're looking forward to? That is the completion of the first round at the Memorial, because they are fighting rain out there in Columbus, Ohio, at Jack's Tournament on the PGA Tour. Now, the young man known as Colin Morikawa shot a nice little 6-under, 7-birdie, 1-bogey, almost flawless round. He's your round 1 tentative leader, but you got to understand something. You've got 60 players that still need to complete their first round today, and they're in the process of doing that, you know, probably – more than half of them have completed it this morning, but you know it's it's now as we reach the afternoon. You got somebody like Morikawa who went off early Thursday. He probably won't tee off to like five o'clock tonight, and then therefore you know he won't finish till Saturday, and everything kind of gets bumped yeah, back. Leading so,
0: is a relative term at this
1: point. Yeah, it's it's well, it's always kind of relative till you get to of the course, end of the, of the course, day, Sunday. But
0: but it's still exciting to say in the lead. We get it. We okay. haven't,
1: unfortunately, we haven't <laughs> been able to draw a line in the sand after round one. As we talk here on a Friday afternoon, but there is one line in the sand that I got to get to. Okay. All right. And there's going to be a theme this week. Obviously it's a huge week in women's professional and amateur golf because it's the women's U S open out there at the Olympic club. We talked to Will Hutter, the director of golf last week, this week we have Craig Annis from the USGA, but with all due respect to those guys and all their accomplishments in life, they are not the story right now. After round one, your leader or tied for the leader, there is Mel Reed. She shot 67 minus four, right? But there's an amateur leading the way with Mel. Okay. And her name is Megagani. Megagani is a 17 year old high school junior. That in and of itself. Ridiculous. Would, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Enough said there, right? She's from Homedale, New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So put your drink down. Right, and and exactly. Uh, it's coffee, Keith. Yeah. yeah, yeah, on a Friday afternoon. <laughs>
0: Just don't smell my coffee.
1: Yeah, exactly. I That's believe fantastic.
0: that. And she's, a, she's in high school now. She's a junior in high school. Wow. She's committed to go
1: to Stanford, so I guess San Francisco is her thing. I don't know. But the coach has got to be pretty happy. Doesn't have to travel very far yeah. to see one of her wow. stars in two years, right, compete at the biggest event in women's professional golf, in women's golf, in the world, and she's, after round one, she's leading the thing. (laughs) And, I mean, here's the thing. They have unbelievable – I can't wait to get into this with Craig – but they have unbelievable storylines building. You've got – Brooke Henderson, who is three under, who's one back. You've got Lexi Thompson, who is two back at two under. You've got New Jersey's own Marina Alex. She's been on the pro show with us. She's at one under. She's tied for ninth. You've got Lydia Ko, NB Park at even. You've got Jessica Korda at plus one. Danielle Kang, plus two. Michelle Wee West at plus three. They have a huge leaderboard here, right? All the stars are out. Right. Right. It's like the Hollywood Walk of Fame, just a little further north. Right. We're in San Francisco. Right. You know, I mean, and at the top, you have a 17 year old high school junior from New Jersey. And I tell you, I have seen her before in action. She is so impressive. Really? All right. It's not just last night after her round when the interviewer and the poise and the composure that she had and and how well spoken she is. But and I have met her parents. I, I was at a party two years ago. Up at Liberty National, and I got to meet her whole family. I mean, what a humble and loving group of people! Just I can't say enough that everyone needs to get on to watching Megagani in the Women's Open. This could be the story to end all stories, right? It, it's just un—it's unbelievable news. And I remember back in 2018 at Springdale, we hosted an AJGA event. Okay, and uh, we had the nation's best boys and girls playing, and The girl's winner was none other than Megagani.
2: Oh,
0: really?
1: Yeah. Okay. And when she accepted the trophy, she spoke eloquently. At the time, I think she was like 14 and a half years old, 15 years old. She was on her way. Yeah, she's now 17. I mean, she is a special, special young woman. I wish nothing but the best for her. It's exciting. And speaking of young people, I wish nothing but the best for. You're going to talk about me, aren't you? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely not. But I am going to talk about this student of mine that I coach. And his name is Will Dixon. And Will just graduated from Georgia Tech down there in Atlanta. And he played on the golf team there for four years. And Will has been a student of mine for a little bit of time there, Wade Weezer. Oh, Padawan, huh? Yes. Padawan learner, Yes. The force is strong with this one. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I met him when he was eight years old. He's now 22. Wow. And in that time, even before he got to Georgia Tech... He had played in three USGA championships. The kid's a stud player, really good. I'm super proud of him. But one of the things you noticed, I know you commented that um, you know I I had a couple things with me as I was coming into the studio today,
0: more than usual. Yes. Yes.
1: Um, I'm going down to Atlanta tonight because on Monday he's taking part in USGA US Open sectional qualifying. Ooh, wow. Which in the golf world we know is the longest day in golf, right? Thirty-six holes across the country, nine sectional qualifying spots, you get through, you go to the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in a couple of weeks. So you're gonna coach them this weekend and be there Monday? And be there Monday. 36 holes, right? So, as much as it it, you know, you normally love to text me, and send me all sorts of fun TikToks. That was my and, next and question. What yes. time is it? Yeah, you know, we, you, the phone will be in the car. All right, so don't waste the time. I mean, well, you could you could load up, you know, you could load up my inbox there. You know, you could you could put the stream in there if you want. But yeah, exactly. You, I mean, that's yes, life in the world of the pro show, right there. That's.
0: <laughs> well, that's fantastic! I can't wait to follow this. Yeah, Good. so you give me two things to follow this weekend and for Monday
1: and Monday, right? So everybody get on there on Monday. It's uh, they're playing, so it's probably uh, the Georgia State Golf Association or something like that. Um, they'll have your scoring. It's uh, sectional qualifying at Piedmont Driving Club. Uh, his name is Will Dixon, and uh, we're gonna give it our best shot. Thirty-six holes. Uh, looks like seventy-two players. They go around twice and. The top five will probably, top four will get into the U.S. Open, and then there'll be two alternates. So, uh, a couple substantial rounds under par, and we'll be well on our way. And then uh, in a couple weeks, we might be live from Tory Pines. You mad? Wow. Or, or you might be doing the pro show on your own because <laughs> I'll be with them out there. And, um, uh, well, that would be interesting. Could be two great stories beginning this weekend. There, there could be two. Well, one story is great, story. reaching its completion. Right, right, Should right. Mega pull off if she just pulls off a top five, Oh please it's an yeah. unbelievable if, if if she finishes top 20 it's unbelievable right absolutely but the fact that she's leading is phenomenal and then on monday a student that i've been with for 14 years mm-hmm. has the opportunity to go back to a national championship something he's been to two juniors and he's been to a u.s amateur right all before the time he was 17 so i, I mean the kid the kid can flat out play right and He's just got back from the NCAA championships where Georgia Tech was out there. They didn't make it to match play, but, you know, there's a lot of good players, right? We just hope that on Monday, right, that we have everyone's support up here in the listener land of the pro show and across the country and the world, that let's get behind my boy Will Dixon and let's see what we can do on Monday and uh, we'll make a run at this thing. But either way, we'll be there and we'll enjoy it. And we'll make the most of it, my friend. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know who's making the most of every situation? That's our sponsor friends from the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know, as golf has become a therapeutic part of the rehabilitation process for military veterans living with physical and cognitive challenges, the New Jersey Golf Foundation is all in offering golf programming specifically for veterans through PGA Hope, helping our patriots everywhere. Our veterans enjoy camaraderie on the golf course alongside fellow veterans while learning the game from PGA professionals. For information on weekly PGA HOPE programs at Fiddler's Elbow Country Club, Forsgate Country Club, and Galloping Hill Golf Course, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. All right, Wade Weezer, I know we're pushing probably 3.15 p.m. here in New York, which means it's 12.15 For our friends out there streaming us on the West Coast, like our guest there, Craig Annis. So thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with him and more about the 76th Women's U.S. Open.
0: (laughs) Keyshawn Johnson. Any quarterback that plays underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time time to go to work, Brett. And Zubin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin weekday mornings starting at six on the new 920 espn
1: join the thousands of golfers who already call stick and hack their home for the best golf stories original podcasts special events member perks and an active community of golfers across north america up until now the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight pga coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts we take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf Life and all the ways this amazing game connects sticks and hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest
0: golf club without the course. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show.
1: I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Here's a little motivational melody for the ladies competing in the 76th Women's U.S. Open at the Olympic Club. If you find yourself in the lead Sunday afternoon, don't stop believing.
0: Just a small-town girl, in a lonely world. She took the in-
1: This afternoon, we are joined from the tournament by the USGA's man behind the brand. That's Craig Annis. He's an endless promoter of the game of golf, and this week, he is sure to not only tell us that these are women worth watching, but that this championship is going to elevate women's sports. Welcome back to The Pro Show. Thank you for taking the time to come on air with us. Craig, what's cooking in San Francisco this afternoon?
2: Uh, burger dogs, always. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on your show. Look forward to the conversation. Um, but, you know, I guess from a food perspective, Burger Dogs all the time. It's sort of the buzz around here and everyone's raving about them. I have to limit myself in the number that I consume each day. But beyond that, we're just excited to, to finally get here. There's been lots of anticipation, um, but a chance to now see the, the greatest players in the world compete for the greatest championship is something that, uh, that we can't wait to see.
1: So besides the burger dogs, last week we, we were fortunate to have the director of golf from the Olympic Club, Will Hutter, on with us on the show. And, you know, he talked about the burger dogs, but is there something else about the Olympic Club that makes it so cool, in your opinion?
2: You know, there's so many things. The history, I think, first and foremost, the, the visuals and the views. I, I mean, I think whether you play golf or not, whether you're a fan or not, just, just looking at the, the course, the surroundings, the landscape uh, is breathtaking. You know, when I sent when I first came here and sent some pictures back to my wife Kate, um, her response was, "Oh my goodness, that looks fake! It's it, it's just that beautiful." Um, and then, obviously, from a golf perspective, you know, you, you know, you recognize the history, who's played here, who's won here, um, and what's taken place here, and uh, and all of that. In addition to the burger dogs, just make this makes this a really incredible experience. I'd say one other thing: the members, the membership is just outstanding i mean nicest people you'll ever meet and they're so gracious they've rolled out the red carpet for the usga for the players who are competing um and that makes a big difference you can you can feel their energy and enthusiasm for this championship and and obviously for our the relationship that that we forged over a long long time so that also makes it really special just to have great people here just well so welcoming
1: While we're talking Olympic Club, let's go a little bit further there. You know, how important is it to have a partner like the Olympic Club and a storied venue like that? I mean, they've hosted 10 USGA championships, five men's opens, and now they're going to do a women's U.S. Open here in 2021. How important is this to the story that the USGA is building about the women's U.S. Open?
2: It's probably the most important thing that we can do. When you talk to players without – um, without any variation, uh, we hear over and over again uh, that they, they want to play at the most storied courses, the, you know, the, the the pinnacle of the game, uh, you know, the, the ones that are historic, the ones, uh, where they've cheered on as fans, whether watching uh, their heroes play or, um, you know, in person or on television. And so, you know over and over again we hear that they they really want to uh that it matters not just that they compete for an open um but where they win and compete for an open and so olympic checks all those boxes and more um which is why i think there's su- such great atmosphere and excitement here building up over the course of the last few days and certainly today as balls go in the air
1: you know you mentioned about talking to the players and you know what folks Let me take a step back. We are talking this afternoon to Craig Annis, and he's the chief brand officer of the USGA. And he's out there in San Francisco at the Olympic Club running the 76th Women's U.S. Open, along with the other leaders of the USGA. Now, back to the player reaction. You and I have a large admiration for the Olympic Club for the course, for all that they're putting together, the burger dogs, everything, right? But, I mean, you are there interacting with the players since media day, since before that. I mean, they're excited, but now that they're on the property, can you give us an idea or a story that really encapsulates what the player reaction has been to playing this historic course?
2: Yeah, and it's probably a, a few different points because it's it's uh, all they all connect, but they've come from different perspectives. So you you listen to someone like Nellie... Corda, uh, you know, who says, you know, this is the championship that she looks forward to uh, all throughout the year um, and and describes the feeling that she gets in her stomach when she steps onto the ground and realizes that she's at the U.S. Open. Um, You you talk to her her sister, Jessica, who will say that this, uh, you know, the Olympic Club is a proper U.S. Open course, narrow fairways, thick rough, small, fast greens. Uh, firm and fast in general. You add some weather, some fog, and uh, you know, and in you know, in her view, it's going to be it's going to be epic. Uh, the same same from Michelle, same from Paula. Um, you know, with, to to a player, they've all talked about the level of excitement they have in general for the Open, but specifically this year at Olympics. Some, some for some, it's a home game. Um, uh, you know, it's actually two, two, two of our champions, um, Michelle and Paula. Uh, one from this area, grew up in this area. In Paula Michelle, uh, a bit of a transplant lives here with her husband and daughter now. And so it's a home game. She was commenting the other day about uh, she's, she's never been able to compete in a major championship and sleep in her own bed um, at night. And, uh, and she's doing that, uh, taking care of her daughter and, and being a mom. Um, and then, uh, you know, being an amazing athlete and former champion. Uh, you know, by day. So there's just so many, so many stories, so many comments, so much positivity, uh, and it's just so wonderful to hear and to experience.
1: I want to go back for a second and and get to the quarter sisters. Um, They obviously are favorites, like a Danielle Kang, like a Lydia Ko, MB Park. We have these, you know, unbelievable professional athletes. And They've got to be just a little, a little bit nervous because this is the largest purse in women's sports, right? The winner gets a million dollars. The total purse is $5.5 million brought by the USGA, right? But it's not always just about the money. It's about how the USGA elevates championships. What other sort of player perks have you guys brought to the table this week with such a venue like the town of San Francisco and, of course, the Olympic Club?
2: Well, for anyone that's been to the Olympic Club... Um, and had the chance to experience the clubhouse, uh, the, the, the player, player area, player services, player dining, player lock rooms are all in the clubhouse. Um, that looks out over the course, over the city of San Francisco. If the fog is clear, you can see the top of the Golden Gate Bridge. That's the backdrop for them. Um, and so, you know, I think just being able, you know, thanks to the Olympic Club, to be able to use that facility in this way for the players um, has been – incredible and it's getting it's getting rave reviews and so i think part of it's the environment the other thing two nights ago the the, the club was um it did, did something really special they had a they had a couple of michelin star chefs um who hosted a taste of san francisco in the courtyard outside of the, the clubhouse for the players just a great way uh, you know a relaxing way for them to connect before you know they turn their sights towards this major championship but amazing food um and uh and great company and you know a chance for people to reconnect which which was special to be a part of so there's all there's all those sorts of things i mean look we're we've got a we've got players rolling in right now and their lexus courtesy cars and with the uh with the women's open olympic club logo on the side uh so we've gotten some you know some great feedback uh f- from that in terms of the ability to have their own lexus vehicle all week long so there's a lot there's a lot of things um but but i think it, it does start with the, with the with the clubhouse and our host venue being, you know, having us use that facility, which is just, again, for anyone who's seen it, it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, put it on your bucket list, um, because it's 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 certainly worth it.
1: Speaking of amazing, I mean, you must have an amazing team, because, you know, a lot was made about, you know, that we had two masters in five months, but this is essentially two national championships that the USGA is running in six months. And the Masters, I mean, they have control over their environment. It's their course. It's their property. They can do whatever they want. I mean, you are going physically from site to site. You were in Houston in December with your whole team, and then you had to transplant now to San Francisco throughout COVID, all sorts of restrictions, right? Can can you just talk a little bit about how hard the team has worked and what the transition has been like to try to run two national championships in six months for these women?
2: It's been a lot, um, but every, every single second of it has been worth it. And I, I would start with our operations folks who are, who are literally on the ground well in advance. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. They've dealt with so many variables, uh, you know, the, the, and, and all things that, um, you know, all things that you understand from a health and safety perspective with COVID, um, but none of which you can predict uh, the timing of or the ups and downs. Or ebbs and flows. And so, you know, I, I just might hats off to, to the operations team for not only the quick turnaround uh, with just a few months in between, um, but turning it around in such a, a wonderful way, um, given all that they've had to face um, in putting this championship on. If you go back a few weeks, we weren't entirely sure if we were going to be able to have fans. Um, now we're going to be able to have some fans. It's not as many as we'd hoped for or planned for at the beginning, but it's it's going to be enough to bring some energy and enthusiasm uh, to the championships and, I, and I, to the championship. And I know the players will will feed off that. So I think it starts with the operations team, but certainly everyone at the USGA has um, has worked overtime to to make this happen in the short time frame and through these these you know living and living and working in COVID times. But I'd say you know. Working in it and seeing engaging with people who are who are literally putting blood, sweat, and tears into it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that because people are operating not only on adrenaline but on passion. There's a ton of passion for this championship. Um, You know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of energy and enthusiasm and expectation around Olympic and what it can mean for for the players who play and and for our championship. And so people are fueled by that, and it's 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 wonderful to see, um, despite the fact that that you know they've been working really hard to 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 bring it all to life.
1: Let's go with the fans for a second. We're going to have fans at the U.S. Women's Open. Um, It's it's a set number of fans. I get that. You know, we are still dealing with coming out of a pandemic. But uh, the USGA is known for all sorts of innovations. And one of the things you do is about the fan experience. And I know last year you allowed fans to virtually be on the first tee. And there's all sorts of cool things you did um, through, you know, the COVID Women's U.S. Open in December. But now with fans back on the property, how are you welcoming them back, and what sort of innovations, if someone were to travel out there and be attending that's listening to this show, what can they expect to see this weekend there at the Olympic Club?
2: You know, it's a great question, and it's probably one of the areas that's been most challenging. So if you're a fan on site and you've been to a, a U.S. Open before, um, certainly the players, the quality of the course the competition will all look and feel the same. What's going to feel different is you're not going to see grandstands. Um, you're going to see rope lines. Um, you know, you're not going to have as, as, you know, food and beverage is obviously going to be offered, but it's going to be in, in designated areas as opposed to spread out in, in different areas throughout the course. Um, so, you know, we're working with, we're working with limitations in terms of the number of fans, you know, we, we could be upwards of 5,000. It, it actually really depends on parking um and how many people come in how many cars because you know the 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 restrictions that we have on us are around being able to park people within an envelope uh so that there's not busing and and in other kinds of secondary transportation that that happens which could you know could contribute to uh any kind of you know risk or with covid and so and so it's it's going to feel different but i think i think for those that are that are you know Bought tickets and are and are going to be our guests here. I think it's it's going to be wonderful and amazing in a lot of ways because when you when you take away grandstands, uh, you get to see angles of the course that you may not have seen uh, with them there. You know when you put rope lines up, you get that kind of intimate viewing of uh, you know, the greatest in the game, you know, competing for this Open Championship. So you know I, I think in some ways, you know, it's it's sort of it's it's not. I wouldn't consider it innovation by way of the fan experience is going to be ahead of where it's been in the past. In some ways, it's going back a bit um, in, a, in a sort of a classic and more traditional way. Um, but at the same time, we're fortunate with with partners like Cisco and Deloitte to have, you know, uh, um, augmented reality experiences, you know, is, you know, a lot of experience, second screen experiences on our app, um, which if you haven't downloaded it, uh, please have a look at uh, U.S. Women's Open App, You'll see it, um, you know, on your app store. Uh, it's free. Um, but it, in addition to having scoring, uh, there's a lot of a lot of fun features there that you can look at sort of at a second screen while you're watching on NBC, Golf Channel or Peacock. So there's, a, there's, there, there's some innovation uh, and, and we're grateful for it. But it also it's, it, it's going to feel very, very traditional, maybe a little old school. Um, because you're not going to have bleachers, you're not going to have the same sort of build, uh, just frankly, you know, because we just couldn't do it given the restrictions of COVID. At the same time, I think the experience is going to be off the charts. And access is going to be fantastic, not only to views, but you know, to, to seeing to seeing you know, players take shots.
1: You know, my reaction to that is purely I'm a little old school. And if there's one thing I've enjoyed, it's the fan experience and seeing people on the ground near the players and not these huge amphitheaters that sometimes block the views. Now we get the drone footage and we get a little bit better perspective of the lay of the land that the players are competing on, which to me kind of adds to the essence of the competition, you know. So um I, I think that uh, it's not really necessarily going backwards. I think at some point as we go forwards, you know, that sort of experience combined with the amphitheaters is is going to heighten attending golf tournaments going forward. So I actually think it's a good thing. And you know what else is a good thing, folks? Is that we're talking to Craig Annis today from the USGA. And above all else, he is a huge advocate for women's sports. And We'll talk more about technology and innovation maybe after the break. But before we get there, one of the things that that I know is near and dear to your heart is that, you know, this is the biggest person in women's golf. And one of the things I mentioned in the opening was that not only are the women in this event worth watching, but it's also such a huge event for professional women's sports and that the USGA is really trying to elevate things. So I have a question. When it comes to purse equality, right? Is the USGA working towards, is it one of your goals, essentially, within the next couple of years? Let's say when you're at 2023 at Pebble Beach celebrating the Women's U.S. Open. Could we get to a point where the men and women share an equal purse? It's
2: a great question. Um, we have said uh, previously, and I'll, I'll share with you again today, it's, a, it's certainly a long-term aspiration for us, First parity, purse equity. Um, it's a journey to get there. Uh, the economics uh, right now you know don't don't exist just to give your your listeners um, a little background right now the women's open we invest nine to ten million dollars a year in it um, so you know after after revenue um, when you factor in all the expenses led by the the largest purse um, in, in major championship golf at 5.5 million um, you know we invest nine to ten million dollars a year in it Um, We're committed to leading in purse um, and we've done that and we'll continue to do that. And where we can make significant strides, we certainly will. Um, And so I, you know, it's a long-term aspiration um, and, and we're committed to taking steps uh, to, to march, march forward. This championship, you know, the way that we look at it, it's not only the most significant major championship in women's golf, but it also, in our view, can serve as a beacon of equity for the, for the women's game, um, inspiring, you know, fans, uh, to to play more golf, to to get introduced to the game, Um, you know, it's a platform for us to tell the wonderful stories of these phenomenal athletes and connect fans with them personally. Um, And it's also a platform for us to showcase some of our programs that we offer, like our support for LPGA, USGA girls golf, and what that, what that's meant for the game. But I think you can, you can look at equity across a number of uh, different areas and, and one you've already touched on, which is, playing at the best courses, these classic uh, iconic courses uh, where the men play. And Olympic is an example of that. Uh, that's important. That's important to us. Purse is important to us. Uh, you can, you know, equity in terms of the player experience, what, what the what the players here this week will, will experience will be the same as the same experience, obviously in a different location of what the men will in two weeks. That's important uh, for us and for for them to have that kind of experience. And then obviously the work that we do to promote and shine a light on the championship is a great way that we can, we can build towards equality through equity. The way that we think about equity is it requires a disproportional investment in order to remove, to move towards equality. The, the women's open, uh, I think exemplifies that idea and it, and will continue to, uh, to position it as a beacon of equity a, 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 and as a, as a platform to draw more, more women into the game. Uh, and to make the game more welcoming, accessible, and certainly diverse. And so that's the way we look at this. It is, it's a major championship. The best athletes in the world are here, but it also serves a different purpose as well for the game, and, and, and we take that responsibility very seriously and have leaned in in terms of you know, the platform that it provides us and the players to get their message out, to talk about what's important to them, uh, not only you know on the golf course but off the golf course as well.
1: Craig, I love hearing the emotion in your voice. And, and that's why I wanted to ask that question because I know it's something that you're so passionate about and, and I know that and I'm so happy you could share all of that with us and that's why I wanted to ask that question because because people that don't know you that listen to this show need to hear that story and they need to know what an advocate and a leader you are for equality in the professional game and you know one of the words you mentioned in there was journey and I know that my producer is about to queue up a little journey because we got to jump to a break so folks, up next, more with Craig Annis, the USGA's brand champion. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920.
0: Players we have always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golic Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogulmikay and Mike Golick Jr. are ah, Janae and Golic Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN.
1: Today's interview is brought to you by our friends at B. Dratty. BDRATI is known for their irrationally comfortable Peruvian Pima cotton polos. But did you know they've branched into new categories? You must try like boxers, layers, button downs, and even performance fabrics with their Dratty Sport. The theme with all of their products is meticulous attention to detail, details most companies choose to overlook. BDRATI thoughtfully considers like our favorite Russell quarter zip where the front pouch is sewn into the garment and not topped on, allowing for a slimmer, less bulky fit. Shop the entire BDRATI line at BDRATI.com and receive 25% off with our. Exclusive discount code KJS25.
0: you got a great voice for radio. Though. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I, <laughs> I get a lot of that, too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm
1: Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with the USGA's Craig Annis. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Now, Craig, back in December, you were on the show, and you requested an intro song. Do you remember what that song was?
2: had to be Run-DMC.
1: It was. Wade, like hit it. Uh, through doors and all, over and I,
0: all right,
1: everyone. Golf has a huge modern vibe, and it's thanks to leaders like our guest today, Craig Annis from the USGA. Now, Craig, you've been all over social media. The event's been all over social media this week, but you requested this song, My Adidas... But I've seen you rocking some serious Air Force Ones with Michelle Wee on there. What's up with that? Are you Nike or are you Adidas?
2: Well, it's a great question. It's a great question. I had a feeling you might catch me on that one. So here's what I'm not neutral about. I'm not neutral about my love for Run DMC. Um, I'm a bit agnostic. I'm a sneakerhead. Uh, so I, I, there's a lot of brands that I wear. I do have, uh, I think, the best shoes in, uh, at, the, at the Open this week on the Nike Air Force Ones. And they have our new uh, tagline, the greatest in the game, and uh, a picture, a painting of Michelle Wee. And I figured since Michelle is a is a Nike person, very loyal Nike person, I could not possibly put her image on anything but uh, on anything but Nike. But I'd say stay tuned because two weeks from now uh, is the Men's Open, and I may have uh, I may have a similar paint job uh, with our other our other logo and uh, and creative. And they probably are going to be on Adidas.
1: All right. All right. Well, it's it's good to know that you're being true to both sides. And, I, you know, either way, the whole thing is fantastic, just like the fun we have here with golf on the show, me being the director of fun, it, you know, and it begs the question because you have this fantastic event. That is taking place this week out there in San Francisco. You have all the stories. It's all there. It is taking place. Whether the world is paying attention or not, it is your job to get the world to pay attention, to hear these stories, to connect with them. And as we get into the innovative space and the and the different things you're doing with technology and social media and everything, Tell my listeners how you are going to bring these stories to them live in in the many different ways that you're trying to do
2: it. Well, thank you for that question. Um, so you're going to get me wound up here. Um, the, the go, go for are, it. Are, yeah, I mean the stories are endless. You know that, um, and and they're they're easy to tell because they're right there for us. Um, but it actually it, it starts with the platforms that we have. And so first of all, for your for, for your listeners. You know we're 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 so fortunate. Um, we have uh, you know uninterrupted coverage uh, brought to us, brought to everyone by Rolex, um, which means which means that you're not going to see traditional advertising, right? Dove soap or Dove chocolate or you know or or or, or Titleist or TaylorMade. But what you are going to see are some some opportunities in between play to see some more long form storytelling. These vignettes that that we work with NBC. And Rolex on um, that gives us a chance to connect fans personally with these players um, in a way that that doesn't doesn't always happen uh, because you don't necessarily have the time. So you're going to you're going to hear the backstories. You're going to hear about their life journey, the struggles, the trials, the tribulations, the glory that they've achieved through their career or that they're seeking in their in their career here this week at the U.S. Open. Um, and so whether it's, you know, whether it's on NBC, whether it's on Peacock or Golf Channel, whether it's live streaming on, a, you know, on our, our website um, or various apps, um, there's, there's going to be rich storytelling throughout the broadcast. The other thing, too, is live, live from is here. Um, first time in a long time. And, uh, and so the, the bumper coverage, the live coverage from here, I was on set yesterday. They have the, they have the most phenomenal view on the first fairway, looking out over the city and the golden gate bridge. Um, So they're bringing, they're they're telling those stories. um, And, 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 and that, that's such an important part in addition to what goes on in the action on the course. And so, so you're, you're going to see, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, we've worked really hard to connect with players um, and think through, you know, what we can, what we can share with fans um, and what is going to be interesting, intriguing and new for them. And so, there's going to be a lot uh, throughout the week it already happened. If you're following us on social, if you're watching, you know, live from, uh, you know, if you're on our app, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of it and it's just, it's just going to continue as the days go on. And as we get closer to crowning a champion on Sunday,
1: Hey, I'm all about telling stories and I am truly impressed. I mean, the amazing partner that NBC is they're going to bring you you and just the USGA um, streaming over like 50 hours of coverage. I mean, this is huge. You know, the the event has its own app. You go to the app and you can play games. Um, it's speaking of games and there's gaming, right? I mean, before the week got started, before the the rounds got the first round got started, I go to DraftKings and DraftKings, I could put in a contest for the Women's US Open because DraftKings has added the LPGA. I think things like that are so important to getting the women's stories out there because the play is going to be phenomenal. It's just a matter of. You and I getting people to watch it and, you know, making an investment, whether we're gambling or it's in an app or what the USGA is doing or what NBC is doing. I think it's all just so important because you have this massive championship and this opportunity. And I think it's really cool. How do you take all of that storytelling, and then you start to expand it over the rest of your championships. Is there anything, any kind of foreshadowing or something maybe with the women's amateur or the men's amateur, other things you're looking to try with some of the other championships?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We're, we're going to try to replicate this, obviously, at different scales, right? The size size, and scope champion, of, of our various championships are different. But look, I, I, I'd take this opportunity to show something that I'm exceptionally proud of Uh, proud to work for the usga who's committed to it um uh proud to lead a team who's been pushing for it but yesterday we announced that we've created this driving equity grant Um, we've found over the years that a a number of outlets uh you know large mid-size and small who cover golf maybe cover other sports struggle to to find the resources to send someone uh to these amazing events um whether it be the women's open the women's Dam. Girls Jr. What have you, Curtis Cup, etc. Um, and literally, the difference between having somebody on site experience it and telling those powerful stories in whatever format they have, whether they, you know, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether it's a radio show, whatever the format is, um, literally the difference between them being able to do it is a plane ticket. Maybe it's a hotel room. Maybe it's the cost of meals. Um, we want to help close that gap, um, and so we've created this grant program that outlets can apply for. Um, in order to get some financial support to attend some of these championships, to be here on site. Cause we know while there's a lot you can do remotely um, and that's a big part of our service offering to the media. Uh, the reality is, is the richness of the storytelling, you know, is enhanced if you're here and you have the chance to personally connect with players to see the sights and sounds yourself. And so we're so excited to be launching this. We just announced it yesterday. We're going to put it into practice in the months to come. Um, and we want to be part of change last year when you and I spoke, we talked about women worth watching. We talked about shining a light and the fact that 4% of all coverage, all storytelling in sports was focused on, on women across all sports. It is higher than that in in the golf space, thankfully uh, thanks to all the great outlets that are there and Demix led by NBC. Um, But the reality is there's still a significant gap and without, without that kind of deep level storytelling fans won't be connected to, to these athletes personally. That's what generates fandom that personal connection, rooting for, seeing them as a hero, seeing as someone you want to follow. And so we're, we're trying to work in our own small but hopefully important way to, to help incrementally close that gap of storytelling by offering this grant program again to outlets and individuals who, you know, are committed to the women's game, but you know, the financial resources might not be there in order for them to hop on a plane and come to a San Francisco Olympic club or or another venue at a great, you know, tournament or championship. Um, that feature, you know, you know, women competing um, in golf. And so we want to be part of the solution. So excited to have announced it yesterday and to get it into motion. We've already got a bunch of applications um, uh, from various outlets, which is exciting. Literally just announced it less than a day ago. And, you know, my inbox already has a buzz um, and so sort of the rest of our team. So anyways, wanted to share that because we're not just thinking about what we can do this week or what we can do three or four weeks from now as we, as we engage with our other championships on the women's side, we're thinking about what we can do next season, next year, and the years to come in partnership um, with the media um, who plays a vital role in telling these stories um, and humanizing these athletes um, uh, for fans to become fans of them. And so in any event, very proud of, of, of that and look forward to it. The, the change that it can bring.
1: That is an unbelievable trailblazing initiative. I mean, it, that's that's just so awesome that you were able to share that with us. And, you know, we are coming in to uh, what is going to be such an impactful moment in the women's game as Mike Wan transfers over to the USGA and becomes the CEO as Molly Marcuse-Saman, who I know very, very well, leaves Princeton and then goes and leaves the LPGA, there are going to be so many connections between your organization and their organization moving the game forward for women and for everyone in general. And, and you know what? You sharing that with us just encapsulates that whole theme and, you know, it puts a perfect bow on this. Craig, I can't thank you enough for coming on the pro show today and being so transparent and so passionate about all the work that you're doing there. I couldn't agree more. I think you should be extremely proud. Keep doing your thing. Keep leading golf and have a great weekend there out at the Olympic Club. Don't have too many burger dogs and enjoy the 76th playing of the Women's U.S. Open.
2: Thank you so much. And listen, thank you for all your support. Your your tweets, the content on your show does not go unnoticed by all of us at the USGA and others in the game of golf. Uh, you're a champion of the women's game. And we're grateful for it. I know the players are grateful for it. So keep doing what you're doing too and doing it in your fun and unique way. I, I, I love listening. Love being a part of it. So thanks for having us on.
0: Thank you. He didn't, he didn't thank me before he left. <laughs> I mean, how about that? You, you got, know? you got the feels over there. Oh,
2: He just. You know. He just
0: he grabbed your heart a little bit. He gave it a little, pet. that was awesome, man. That's, uh, a, that's a moment. You can't fake that. That just happens. It, um,
1: Craig Annis is a cool dude, and uh, I'm glad he enjoyed your run, DMC. And he did something
0: rare. He 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 left you with no words.
1: <laughs> That's Just ask my wife, Lori. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm rarely speechless, right? All right, well, the show must go on. And today's interview was brought to you by B-Dratty. Let me tell you about my favorite B-Dratty item this week. Wade Weezer I'm looking at you Okay They're doing a collab With the artist Lee Bransky, Which was a guy That I hired to do The logo rebranding At Springdale I mean he is The number one artist In all of golf And golf never collabs but BDRATty's doing something cool. They are collabing with him on some artwork to do some t shirts. We talked about the Dewey Tee last week, but they're doing collaborative t shirts this week in honor of the Men's U.S. Open at Tory Pines, right? So if you want to get one of those cool t shirts, go to bDraddy.com and use the code KJS25 and get one for 25% off. Throw that thing on. The Men's U.S. Open's in a couple of weeks and uh, just enjoy. And geez, I mean, he got going there, and there was just some great stuff in there that he shared that the USGA is really playing playing such a tremendous leadership role in the game of golf. And um, with all of that seriousness, we'll just have to uh, head into a quick break because we need to transition to our uh, weekly update. So, folks, as we fast approach 4 p.m. here on the East Coast and 1 p.m. out there with Craig, thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the
0: weekly update. Janae Ogbuomike. Players, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision. More importantly, and Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at an NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogbuomike and Mike Golick Jr. are ah, Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at four on the new 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home.
2: I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay, I just pop some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by Nitza and the Ad Council. Get
0: ready for the back nine as the Pro Show continues. Once again, the Director of Fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host,
1: Keith Stewart, and you know me as the Director of Fun. And you're listening to ESPN 920 on a Frisco Friday afternoon.
0: That she's back
1: in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. You know, if you like today's show, check out our archive online. I post every show after it's done. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, subscribe, and maybe share it with a friend. Speaking of speaking of sharing, did you know that you could stream the show anywhere, globally? At 920ESPNNewJersey.com there, Mr. Wade Weezer. It's a great time to be alive. It is, man. So you know what? In that case, give me a little more train here. You got Hit it.
0: it. Well, I don't know
1: what he says there about heaven being overrated. Right. But you know who's not overrated there, Mr. Wade Weezer? Who's that? That's our sponsors at TaylorMade. Let's compare a few different tour-quality golf balls, specifically Chrome Soft and Tour Speed with Tour Response from TaylorMade. Sure, Chrome Soft and Tour Speed are both soft, urethane balls that are long off the tee. But Tour Response is also urethane, also long off the tee, and feels even softer than the other two. Oh, and it doesn't cost nearly as much either. So try Tour Response from TaylorMade, a tour-quality urethane ball that's not as expensive as the other company's tour balls. Learn more about Tour Response, and to find a ball fitting near you, head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. No thanks, I'm good with fourth place. Thanks to a story from Ken Paisley from Golf Digest. After losing her semifinal match to Sophia Popoff, one up on Sunday morning at the Bank of Hope LPGA match play last week there at um, Shadow Creek there in Las Vegas. Ten-time LPGA winner from China went to the tournament officials and said she was conceding the consolation match. Who was that? Well, that was Shan Shan Feng. She said, I played a total of 112 holes over five days, more than anyone in the tournament. And on Saturday alone, she played 41 holes of wow. the required 36 because she had extra holes against both opponents. Right, while battling 100 degree heat all week, Fang turned her attention towards this week's major. Right, so I'm I'm not sure I've ever witnessed this one before in sports. There, <laughs> Mr. Wade Uh third pace, third place right. paid over 100 grand, and. Twenty-three thousand dollars more than fourth place. Really? She left on the table. Wow. I guess maybe dehydration affects us all differently. Yeah. In a related story, her preparation led to an opening round of minus two and a T sixth. So I guess she must have known something more than we do here on the pro show.
0: Yeah, good for her. Give <laughs> better for the extra twenty-six grand.
1: Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You could take third. I've made it through all of these ladies in competition, and uh, there's four of us left, and you it's take the, heat. Must, mm-hmm. take the heat. must be the heat. All right. Young goes for the trifecta. Local golf standout Cameron Young, son of PGA professional David Young from Sleepy Hollow Country Club, right up there across the bridge, the old Tappan Z, is going for greatness on the Corn Ferry Tour. Nationally ranked and recruited junior player, and he's a Wake Forest teammate of that Will Zalatoris everyone keeps talking about. He is now a back-to-back winner on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's won the last two weeks, and he's up to 13th on their tour money list, which basically uh, assures him a PGA Tour card for next year. But he has a chance to go for what's known as the Battlefield Promotion, and that's three wins in a season on the Corn Ferry Tour. The next week, you go up to the PGA Tour, no matter what. You don't have to wait till the end of the year. Got it. All right? Two in a row is great, and it's been done 11 times. But three in a row? Well, it's been done one time before. And it was Pro Show guest Jason Gore from back in the fall. He did it back in the summer of 2005. So good luck this week, Cameron. Hopefully, you can win place and show up next week on the pga tour now quick update more rain in north carolina and rally where the corn Ferry tour is for the rex hospital open he did not get started yesterday he's playing as many holes as he can today but we'll Got see it. what happens you better check yourself i knew you would go there it's almost like we share the same brain during this part. <laughs> Scary. I love it. All right. and just his second major championship start on the PGA Tour champions, Alex Chayka won another title. You know what? We should get Alex Chayka on and then play that for him. We can do that. Just to see what would happen. <laughs> After 414 starts on the PGA Tour and one win over 25 years... Sheka seems to have found a home for himself. This past weekend, he won the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship by four shots at Historic Southern Hills Country Club. He has five starts after turning 50 on the PGA Tour champions, and he has two wins. Both of them are major championships. It's never been done in the history of the tour. His first two major championship starts are wins. I mean, he had 23 starts in majors on the PGA Tour and only two top 10s. Again, wow. over 25 years. So as Phil has shown us, it looks like life really does begin at 50. Absolutely. Um, seriously, for a moment, Cheka fled his home. I mean, this guy's story is unbelievable. He fled his home country of Czechoslovakia at age nine and went to West Germany with his family. You know, he grew up there. He made the tour. He, he I mean, this is like a Disney-type movie stuff. You know, it's it's just amazing. Oh. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's so so cool. So cool. Ooh, speaking of cool, a year in the making. A year ago, the men's Pepperdine golf team was ranked number one in the country, and then the season ended. This year, they weren't the favorites, and they were being told so. I don't think they much cared for that. So after beating Florida State in the first round of match play, and then Oklahoma State in the semifinals of match play, they took on the powerhouse and number one-ranked Oklahoma team for the national championship this week in men's collegiate golf. Well, the story didn't end there. They took down the Sooners in the finals, three matches to two, and won their second national championship, first one since 1997. Congrats to a team and a coach who proved even the greatest of moments. He, This coach, he kept coaching. Man. Right? So even, yeah. in, even in these cel- celebratory moments, these great moments, he kept coaching, right? So as the final hole was conceded by Oklahoma and Pepperdine won, the boys let loose. And you, you hear someone from off camera. He's like, let's go. And they yelled in the background. And then you hear this voice, this older voice. That said.
0: Know what it said. No, no, so
1: it's keep it clean. <laughs> right. Because, you know, when people start yelling, let's go. Yo, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, usually yeah. A, another word attached yep, to it. Right. Yep, so yep. nice, nice work by the coach there, Coach Beard. And congratulations on a complete job. Even through the media coverage of a job well done, one of the great scenes of this whole thing was that there was one player, Joey Versich. Um, he was a hole away. He was on the 17th green, and he his match. He was one down, and he just said, "Buddy, we're good. We already won the thing." And he's seen sprinting. You got to watch this on the video I on golf show. Yeah. He's sprinting with his bag down the hole, and then he just drops it down the 18th hole. Just a great scene. You don't get to see a lot of team scenes in golf. No, and uh, it, it's just really, really cool. So you know, Pepperdine cut the nets down. Just awesome. All right. The X-Man teaches lefty a couple things. Story out of the press room here, out there in uh, Dublin, Ohio, where they have the memorial this week. And uh, Phil Mickelson, a couple weeks ago, was in the press room, and he credited a few casual rounds with Xander Shoffley for inspiring him to remain competitive on the PGA Tour and eventually win last month's PGA Championship. When asked about those rounds on Tuesday at the memorial, Shoffley had a slightly different memory. He says, I was playing really good golf. To be completely honest, Phil wasn't probably playing the best golf he could have played. And obviously, the course was narrow and sort of strategic and didn't really fit his eye, Shoffley said, of the matches he and Mickelson um, were playing at a place called the Farms in San Diego. He goes, I took full advantage of him not playing well and me playing really well during that time stretch. Mickelson's comments were something along the lines of Shoffley shot rounds of 64, 63, 62. um, you know, and Mickelson said the inspiration was I saw what it took and what it looked like to play golf at the highest level. Now, it's still Phil, and Shoffley said there was plenty of trash talking despite the wildly lopsided matches. So here's one example. In one of the matches, Mickelson tried to trigger Shoffley and he pressed on the tee. And after Shoffley had won a hole on the 15th hole, Phil jumps up there, and he wasn't supposed to hit first, but of course he hits first, and he hits it the four feet on the par three. right? Shoffley answered with a six iron that found the bottom of the cup for a hole-in-one. He goes, there's this little mound, this is what Shoffley says, there's this little mound behind the tee box, and Mickelson just sat there like this, looking down at the ground, shaking his head. He just didn't really know what to do with himself. Shoffley said, I found that pretty entertaining. <laughs> Mickelson had plenty to say over his career, and certainly in the past week. So this story of him speechless, I, I thought was well worth sharing with all of you. Of course, he wasn't speechless for long. Uh, if you check social media this week there, Mr. Wade Weezer, yeah. he celebrated with his wife, Amy. It was her birthday this week, and he posted a video of himself drinking one of his favorite wines from the Wanamaker Trophy. <laughs> he kept saying, what makes this wine taste so good? Oh, it's, it must be the Wanamaker. It must be the Wanamaker. If at first you don't succeed, well... When you are a Twitter star in golf, the tweets just keep on coming. And in the case of Max Homa, they kept coming and coming. And here's one of them from Armin A. Medich, 88. Day 25 of tweeting at Max Homa 23 to play a round of golf with me. Have a great day, man. Well, after 25 tweets, Homa responded. All right, man. Can't believe you made it this far, but 25 is my favorite number. So you win. For real this time. I'm astounded by your persistence. It's admirable and a bit weird, but let's play golf when the season slows down. I'll DM you to set it up. I am truly out of excuses at this point. Right?
0: That's
1: great. I mean, one of the replies like to the 21st one was, I'll join you on February 30th. We'll play that day, right? So, I mean, hey. When it comes to social media, this could really open the floodgates. A follow up tweet to Max's acceptance was um, day one of tweeting at MaxHoma23 to give me $100,000, right? <laughs> day one. Yeah, day one. <laughs> if there's a message inside for everyone, at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And folks, that's your pro show update for the week ending June 4th, 2021. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors TaylorMade Golf, the New Jersey Golf Foundation. And of course, Summit Golf Brands. Next week on The Pro Show, we have a couple guests, one of whom is Jeff Hall. He's the manager of the Men's U.S. Open, and he's going to tell us all about Tory Pines. Wade Weezer. exemplary job on the board as always. Love my listeners. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and downloading. Really appreciate it. Now, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being yourself. Genuine authority and true leadership come from knowing who you are and not pretending to be anything else. After all, the most important like you can earn is your own. I'm your host Keith Stewart and this is The Pro Show.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.